What's up, everybody? Um, let me just do a quick check. Today, we're going to be talking about a really sensitive topic. I've invited Arnel Calvario to come and join me. And yeah, so I just wanted to kind of tell you right now, if anytime during the live, you start to feel uncomfortable, maybe you start to get triggered yourself, um, check in with your body if you're experiencing like your heart rate go up, it's definitely okay for you to step away and turn this off and take care of yourself, okay? So even right now, I'm just gonna show you some breathing so we can check in with our body, okay? So you're gonna take a deep breath in. Exhale for four. Take a deep breath in. Exhale for four. Last time. Exhale for four. So once me and Arnell get to talking, if you feel uncomfortable, you can definitely step away and do some breathing to calm yourself down. And if you feel like coming back to listening to our talk, Please do so. Just waiting for Arnell. Hi, Stacy. What's up, CJ? I see everyone. Hi. Hey, Anna. Hi. Yeah, so um, before we start, I just wanted to let you know, um, I did tell everyone that it's okay if they feel a little triggered by the discussion you know, that we wouldn't be going into detail, but it's okay for them to turn it off and step away. And I did show them um, just some breathing so that they can calm themselves or soothe themselves before they come back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, man. Um, thank you everyone for joining me and thank you Arnell for agreeing to be here. Um, our community is just going crazy right now, right? We're watching every week, um, almost it seems like every week, that new um, announcements, uh, new survivors are coming forward and sharing their stories. So definitely, um, Arnell, you've been here as long as I have. You know, you, you've been, we've seen the birth of this community and the growth of it. Um, what are your thoughts right now? I think my thoughts are, um, I mean, I... I, I feel like although brave voices have been coming out, you know, in the in the last six months, especially, um, these are things that have been going on for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. and this moment, think about many different kinds of traumas that are surfacing. And I feel like I don't know if it's a combination of all of us experiencing a pandemic together, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, the Me Too movement. Um, but it's somehow um, empowering people to feel like they want to step into their truth. You know, they want to step into action. And, um, and so my thoughts initially for that is that's a great thing um, because those are pathways to healing uh, that needed to be done. That's long overdue. Um, my also immediate uh, concern is always also just protecting the safety of all survivors 
and making sure that the people that are coming forward are supported in, in every way, you know, obviously from loved ones who care about them, that they're holding space for them, that they're um, listening and actively listening and um, holding uh, a safe space for them so they can come um, forward honestly and feel like that they can speak whatever's on their heart. Um, but also just, you know, in the, every situation is different. Also making sure that even after the moment of speaking their truth, that they're safe afterwards, you know, because some every situation is different, but some of them are dangerous, you know, and we need to really make sure that their safety is not only secured in the moment, but also afterwards, you know, um, because there's every situation is just so different. So those are like my immediate concerns is just, uh, making sure that that their voice is heard and that they are um, loved and supported and that also their safety in every way is secured, you know, um, not just in that moment, but but well afterwards and moving forward. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree and resonate. And um, I think everyone is trying their best to understand and to help support and um, make them feel safe, right? Everyone has been watching. Uh, most of our friends have been sharing uh, the videos. And um, definitely because I, I wanna speak to the, the trauma aspect of it too, um, it's hard because even when you're hearing things and when you're seeing and you're listening to these stories come out online, then we have to also remember we could be activated, right? Maybe some of us um, are reacting to those stories. And then it's difficult to kind of manage because on social media, everyone's comments are going back and forth. It could be a positive affirming comment, which is a good, which feels safe. And then sometimes people give even a differing opinion or want to speak the other side, which is like the norm in social media. But it's not very helpful for initial disclosure of a survivor that's coming forward to talk about their abuse. Yeah, do you, do you um, what are your thoughts on ways that are, I guess, that this is coming out like through social media, if it's helpful, um, how can it be harmful on both ends, I guess? I think the helpful thing is that there's a space, you know, open for someone who is choosing to share their story to um, to to be liberated in that moment um, of speaking their truth, and um, and the hope is like you know obviously like Sierra you know she's very loving and she's very affirming and she's also fully you know actively listening and holding space. Um, what we can't control, unfortunately, as are the comments like you said, like the other participants that are peeping in. We. That, that that's like what's something that we can't control even as a host, you know, like how that's coming about and how that might uh, trigger or uh, perpetuate the trauma. So, hey, what's up, Alan? <laughs> I saw Josh there earlier too. Um, I So I think that's where I would be concerned is, is not so much um, about the two people that are engaging through these Insta stories. It's more of the comments um, because, um, what we don't want are anyone minimizing someone's truth. You know what I mean? Like someone shares so bravely and courageously and then someone minimizes it or questions it. You know what I mean? And so that's the danger of like open commentary on social media. 
uh, and factors we can't control. And that's why even when we think about group sessions, right? Like when we think about group uh, sessions where people share, um, those are often guided by professionals who can kind of make sure that if triggers are unfolding in the moment or uh, people outside of the speakers um, are saying something that might be harmful, that we can navigate those, you know? So, um, so that's the thing that I can, I'm concerned about. I, I really applaud uh, people who have spoken their truth and they're at a point in their journey where they're ready to be liberated and they want to help others and build awareness um, so that the community can learn from um, from their stories and their experience and they're you know moving using this as part of their healing journey to move forward and to find purpose in all that has happened that's that is very powerful and there are benefits for that um, but yeah the external factors of like you know other people per um, creating more triggers or saying something that might be harmful, that's very difficult to control. Yeah. in some of these like open spaces. So I get concerned about that every time someone goes live, it's like, I hope someone doesn't say something harmful to these beautiful souls who are spilling their heart and trying to help others and spread awareness and protect other people. Um, but that's the thing about social media and, and these open forums is you can't control those. So that's some of the risks that you take, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, you're sharing about that, that, you know, these people are, are brave for coming forward. And, and also these situations um, have, have kind of happened in every, in every group, in every group context, you know, because I know for us that are just dancers, that are normal dancers, it can feel like a shock in the initial wave of um, hearing these announcements. I had dancers going, wait, what's, what's going on, you know, like, how come nobody didn't do anything? How come, you know, how come nobody said? And, you know, just feeling like, um, almost like looking for something to blame, you know? And, and really, we're all kind of like a, a, a organization of many organizations. There's no, like, government body. There's no, you know, like, um, in comparison to the gymnastics, like, there's no ruling authority. And even in um, people coming forward um, with asking for a structure, I guess, for solutions, you know, it's very difficult, right? It's, it's like how we've been handling it is every director, every team has been trying to find solutions on their own. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like because all, all the different organizations or dance teams or dance families, um, however you identify, um, they have a different scope of service. The, the composition of what their team is is different. Some are serving youth dancers, some are all adults, some are all male teams, some are all female teams, um, they're all different. And so what I do love about the community uh, that I've seen in the past couple of months is I've seen a lot of people developing um, their policies, you know, and policies are not enough. What we need to understand are policies like state what is not acceptable right? What we need are policies and procedures, right? Like what we know what is not acceptable and what is going to be done if something happens, you know what I mean? How do we create um, safe spaces where people can really thrive and grow uh, and follow the ideals of our missions as organizations? And so um, I really love like element, Elements Dance Space and Culture Shock LA. I felt like the, what they released was incredible because it was not just policies. It was procedures, what should be done 
they also spot, spoke on preventative things uh, that they are putting into place. Like, um, for example, there may not be a perpetrator in our environment, but every environment can change their practices so that it doesn't lend to that happening in the future, right? Like, so we even think about consent, right? When we have pieces, um, so many organizations can probably, dance teams can relate to the fact that they have partner pieces, right? And you just block people in, right? You block people in and sometimes the movement's comfortable and sometimes it's not. But as organizations, whether there's an assault or not, we can put practices where people feel more safe by demanding consent, asking people when you create the blocking, asking them if they're comfortable with that movement, are they comfortable with being blocked with that person? Um, and it seems like extra work, but that's just basic human, right? you know, human treating basic humanity that, you know, um, those are ways we can do better and be better. Um, even the things like, we shouldn't, first of all, be partying with underage kids. Okay. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Because you should not be partying with underage kids. Adults should not be partying with underage kids. And then that shouldn't also be allowed in a studio, right? Where that's supposed to be a safe space for all you serve. So those are things too. Yes, assault may not exist. Maybe there an incident hasn't surfaced, but there are practices that lend to dynamics that could easily allow for those things to happen that all dancers, all dance teams, all dance directors can, can put into place and fix now. You know what I mean? Time to evolve. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's, I know a lot of us are like, oh, I should have spoke up. You know, oh, you know, we feel bad about situations where we're like, Oh, I shouldn't have let that person grab a drink. I, you know, I know that person's 17, you know, um, we, we need to move forward now. You know, we, we need to take those incidences from the past, whatever they may be, and now put them into actions in the, in, in moving into the future that, um, that really show evolution. You know what I mean? That yeah. I really, um, move us in a direction we need to also I think also um, and I cover this a lot in my uh, leadership tools for the dance leader course is we need to understand that any director is in a position of power there are power structures um, just by having a title just by being even a veteran uh, dancer in an organization you are in a position of power and um, you will always have the choice to choose a love-based approach or a fear-based approach. And hey, what's up, Alan? <laughs> uh, you, um, the, there are dangerous things that can happen when you uh, get into the habit of using fear-based approaches because fear-based approaches lend to abuse of power. And abuse of power can easily step into the lane of trauma, traumatizing someone and oppressing someone so yeah. yeah yeah well said and uh if you guys are tuning in uh, i see you saying reject fear choose love thank you adrian um dance directors have you been already uh just kind of implementing these changes let us know what's been changing in your rehearsals or how you've been talking to your dancers in light of everything that's going on uh, i want to say too thank you to the las vegas dance community uh, i'm out here with them right now They've already been having meetings with the directors and um, educating on uh, sexual misconduct, um, all the, the ways uh, grooming can take place, and um, definitely trying to empower these younger directors to know, right, to, to recognize it and to be accepting of their role as protectors.
Um, do you do you have any thoughts on, I guess, what is the difference when you have someone who's a leader and someone who's like not knowing their boundaries and abusing their power? Because I see that happening a lot in these stories. Yeah, I think that's why like and I always encourage leaders like you, we always have to hold ourselves accountable, but leaders need to hold leaders accountable also, you know, um, we need to be doing checking in with each other on way on when our power, our use of power is appropriate, and when that is, is not appropriate. And we also need to acknowledge the fact that how we perceive ourselves may be different than how another person perceives us. Um, because everyone's human lived experience is different because how that lens is shaped is it's shaped on uh, everyone's human lived experience living in up to that moment. So it's not enough to just do self-reflection. You need to check in with the dancers. You need to check in with the leaders. Um, and I always, I think it's always good practice to ask, to ask all your dancers to create space in your season where you are checking in how do they see themselves in your organization and how do they see how do they perceive you in their organizations and sometimes that those um, conversations can reveal a lot i think the problem is we get so caught up um, i know me as a younger leader you get so caught up in a deadline uh, i need to get this done we need to put this piece together i need to prepare for that event um, but we don't make enough space for um, checking in on the humanity of the people that we're serving in the first place, right? Having conversations, checking in uh, for what, checking in with them to see what their experience is uh, in the organization, what are the dynamics. Um, when we do that, we can usually detect what the power dynamics may be, right? And are not just one person can't be everything to everyone. That's why you have a group of leaders because uh, energetically uh, dancers are going to feel more comfortable talking to this person or that person. But that's why communication at a basic human level, it needs to be there. We need to hold space for each other more. We need to have meaningful conversation uh, where we're seeing the people that are in our um, organizations as human beings, not just dancers. It, to see someone as just a dancer and treat them as such is to only see a portion, right, of the beautiful mosaic that makes a person whole. Yeah, so Simone is applauding. Uh, Nick Larazpi says, yes, humanity. Uh, okay. Tina Tangi says, so much respect for you guys. Uh, amazing leadership, humanitarian, yes. And, and also, um, I've been thinking about this too, as far as where our... Because I keep thinking, how come they didn't question, right? And I know it's so hard to question your director, even if you think, man, that's some fucked up shit, right? But we really want to say this now. I, I want to empower the dancers. If you gut feeling know that something in your rehearsal is wrong and your director said some crazy thing to you, you do not have to follow that blindly. You right. do not. Tell someone, talk to someone, reach out, you know, like, this is one of the things that I was like, so, I, it was just so crazy for me to, to see. And um, you're right, a lot more check-ins, a lot more conversations, that is definitely going to happen. And it needs to happen now going forward. Um, yeah, okay. go ahead. Ara's fams, culture shock fams, for sure, she knows. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, 
Uh, for sure. And if you don't feel comfortable, like confiding in someone in your organization, confide in someone outside your organization, confide in someone outside dan your dance life in general. Um, I think I also talk about this a lot, like we need support systems within our dance world and we need support systems outside our dance world. Right. So we need to set up that, are, that actually meet our existence as a whole person. Right. So, so that we get we get a perspective uh, as we navigate life uh, and all things, even beyond just a dance group. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely. Um, so I, I want to ask you too what you think about this, because in these discussions, you know, me and you, we've been in Zooms like every two weeks or so. Every month there's a new Zoom. Um, one of the solutions that came up was having a third party, kind of like a HR to hold directors accountable. Even in Las Vegas, it was suggested that maybe it be alumni and parents. When we met in San Diego, one of the parents said, no, I think that dancers will be biased. It should be parents. What are your thoughts on having another like structure like that kind of be a check? I think we just need to have better practices in place because for example, like I don't understand why um, studios and organizations don't have background checks for their directors and don't have background checks for their employees. You know, I mean, that's just big, right? And if we want to elevate, elevate dance to the professionalism it deserves and the respect it deserves, we should be doing background checks anyway, because there's already a list of, of offenders that are out there that we can pull from. But I do think I've seen, I've heard in the backgrounds of some movement happening where I think some dancers are going to develop, develop kind of a, um, a list of sexual offenders for the dance world. And I think that would be helpful, you know, whoever um, makes it. But in the meantime, the very least is background checks. You know what I mean? We should be doing background checks. We should have, again, policies and procedures. That's the bare minimum. And we should also have training from a professional, right? Like, and it shouldn't just be at the beginning of the year. It should be midway, you know? Um, so that we can really move towards tools to to better ourselves and create um, space to be, be able to create make our spaces safer, you know. And I think it's like a mad, it's a combination of new things being developed and putting things into place that needed to be there a long time ago already. Mm -hmm. Stacy says yes. Background checks for all members, not just directors, especially if they're working with young dancers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And especially when you're dealing with youth, I mean, there's a whole concept of grooming, right? Like how to recognize the signs for grooming. And those are things that like guide, professionals can guide organizations on, on how to look for those signs, what to do. Also reporting agencies, you know, um, that's another thing I forgot to mention is like, we should all be developing a directory of resources in our communities to serve um, our if board survivors or they come forward even as perpetrators right we should have all of that and i think it's super valuable and important to as much as possible develop a resource list that reflects the diversity of who you serve and what i mean by that is if you're like for example if you're an all-male entity you know what i mean like you should bring in the resources that will like add to that like give, add to the add to the knowledge and and your city so that they can like really have access, you know, safe access. Um, 
or even like if you're an organization that has a lot that serves a lot of LGBTQIA youth, you know, do you have services that would serve that population well if they preferred to, you know, um, to have a therapist that is, you know, um, um, yeah, I think developing those resources is also a way preventively that we can also be ready um, rather than, so then we can be proactive versus reactive, right? We need to try to put things in place so we're ready because our dancers deserve it and we may need it, right? Because we all have love. I have, you know, we all have experiences with trauma in the past. So those could benefit everyone. Yeah, great. Great point. Um, and one I want to share right now is, is called RAIN. It's the Ra uh, Rape and Incest National Network, R-A-I-N-N.org. If you're a director and you want to get more educated, um, you want some kind of like tips and tools of prevention, go to that website, look all over it. And also, if you have questions, there's counselors there that are available 24-7 that you can chat with and you can ask for advice. It's a great resource that um, is, is out there right now, free. Um, if you have questions for Arnell too, go ahead and leave them at the bottom. I'll ask them as we go along. Yeah, I love Rain's graphics. They have a lot of graphics that are very informative. So even for visual learners, if you want, they have a lot there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, YPAD now is another good one for youth. Uh, that's a friend, Ashley. She's in our, one of my leadership tools. Um, she created something for the East Coast called Protect NYC Dancers. Uh, that's a great one. Um, Doctors for Dancers is doing a lot also. Uh, that's, I just recently connected with them. Um, even Me Too Movement, <laughs> right? They're huge, you know, and they're doing a lot of great work. There's a lot of podcasts going on even through that. Um, they've been doing work for a while as well. So um, those are some really great ones. There's, there's many, many more. Um, people in the chat, feel free to like, Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just wondering, too, how has Culture Shock LA um, been taking everything? Um, well, I'm really proud of them. I feel like they're the direct, the current directors of Culture Shock LA, um, they took a while to really uh, dig deep to gather resources um, to get the guidance of professionals. And I feel like you can look on their page, but I feel that their policies and procedures and their stance was so well thought out and so well articulated. Um, I was just blown away when I read it. I learned a lot from it myself. I was super proud, of course. Um, so I feel like they're doing, this is the one that I feel is, is the most detailed and very applicable to dancers in terms of um, policies uh, and, um, and procedures and also uh, ways they want to continue the growth of learning. Yeah, so I, I like theirs a lot. I think theirs is really, really well done. Um, they're, they're wearing a break right now, so they decided to end the season, which is sad during COVID, you know, oh. but, um, but they're gonna actually continue the season in the fall. And then, so they have engaged in a lot of internal dialogue and also have hosted stuff. They hosted a free sexual assault uh, training with a professional for the public. And we had over 200 dancers uh, that did. And the breakout rooms, I think, were the very cool for me. Um, I think just 
um, and seeing how many young dancers were attend took the you know the initiative to attend that was really inspiring to see a major. And I think the result of that, I've also seen them create things of their own, which is so great. Awesome. That's really good. Um, yeah, because one of the things that that happens, you know, and is I see it happening in our community is is people can lose that sense of safety or sense of trust between people, and also maybe even like their view of the world, right? Um, I've had friends, dancers, kind of ask me like, "Oh, is this what the dance community is like?" And just kind of like it kind of leaves like a bad stain, like. What's, uh, what's coming out now is, is so horrific that they're um, leaving kind of like with negative impressions, right, about the dance community. You want to speak on that? I mean, definitely, like by, as people are speaking their truth, we see, you know, the harsh reality of people who have abused their power, um, who are, a, you know, a reflection, a bad reflection of, of our, of what we've hoped to build from the beginning, you know what I mean? Like it's what it's been twenty eight years uh, for me, as and you. You know we've been in the community for almost three decades now, and um, well, for one, I do want to show compassion for the perpetrators in the sense that often they are a continued cycle of 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 abuse, and they're perpetuating it through their victims and. While I am disgusted and angered and shocked by a lot of these allegations, I also wish them, you know, um, healing as well. But that this hopefully the cycle can be broken because that's terrible that it it had been perpetuated. I, I I just like they probably are were from a a continued cycle of abuse as well, and they're perpetuating it onto others. Um, but they, but in truth, you know, it's so upsetting um, because they, it does reflect badly on everyone else who are doing so much like good out there, you know. Um, but it wakes us up that even what we need to do is not get caught up on um, on the disappointment of those few, you know, re- you know, staining our community in some sort. We need to just say, like, that's just not, in- that's not acceptable. And what are we going to do? Like, again, are we picking a fear-based approach um, or a-, a love-based approach where we're actually stepping into action and-, and creating changes because this shouldn't have happened, this is not right, and um, what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen in the future? Um, even if you, ha- whether you've had... Um, someone you know come forward with their story or not it's wrong we don't want it to happen in the future so we all need to step into action because at the very base level like everyone deserves to be safe uh, feel they can thrive in in the space create share so yeah yeah Yeah. that's huge gotta pull up you know what i mean like some of us may not, you know, we, we, may, we may not have a perpetrator in our circles that, that we know of. We may not have had an incident, but we have to pull up for the humanity of all the beautiful children and the beautiful adults we serve. Mm-hmm. He said for all of these issues that are coming up, we need, to, we need to show up, we need to grow, and we need to put things into place that move us to do better and be better. Mm. Oh, uh, oh, Shaheen, what's up, Shaheen? Uh, he's from he over- says, 
Is there such a thing as a certificate of conduct in the U.S.? Here in the NL, it is mandatory for dance teachers. It's work field specific and produced by the government. I'm not sure what that is. Do you? Um, well, we we don't have like a certificate of conduct, but um, but there's a lot of like you know when you get employed by. Um, the school district or the government, you have to undergo a lot of uh, train, like mandatory training, and you have to get fingerprinted and you have to do background checks. So those are the things that are in place here in the U.S. that I don't think is done a lot, you know. And those are the things that I think where this moment is calling for. Um, we don't have a certificate of conduct, um, but that's what I'm saying. Like we have to develop, like in our in our organizations. That's why we need those policies, those procedures, those background checks, and the trainings. To have all four, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, even if we had a certificate of conduct that existed in the US, that alone wouldn't be enough, right? Because even if you had that, you still need the education, you still need the policies, you still need with the policies that we don't that what are we what is going to be done you know and and ongoing forever and ever this is like life's work right we need more education the more education we have the better we are able to serve who we're serving Shaheen, like i would love like thank you so much for bringing that up i would love to look at what that certificate of conduct entails to see maybe that's something that can be de developed also or, or even elements of that can be in our our policies and procedures for a lot of our groups um, but yeah, yeah, like Shannara is saying, yeah, exactly. Finger, fingerprints and background checks. I had to do that, you know, um, working for this district. So um, that should be the bare minimum for all studios, for sure. Um, yeah, because I think the, just the last maybe five years, we started working with youth, right? Really, the team started doing youth teams. You know, we started to have youth dance competitions. And that exponentially grew. And um, this is kind of like a learning opportunity for us that this is a way to keep them safe. It's mandatory. We need to make it a priority. Like even, you know, there's nothing going on right now. It's, we say it over and over due to COVID. Um, there's no events. There's no master classes. We can't gather. And to all the teams, you know, this, this is their priority now. We can't just come back to normal. We, there's nothing normal now. So hopefully this kind of training, this kind of, um, you know, mandatory background checks, the policies, uh, the directors can continue to, to look for it. Oh, yeah. And then remember, Arnell, you were telling me that um, the directors themselves shouldn't be held just the sole responsibility or shoulder this, right? You remember mm -hmm. you were telling me something like that? Oh, about um, accountability or... Yeah, because uh, they're not educated on um, these conversations. Like they, these conversations, when a survivor comes out, I mean, they can be, they can be really, really difficult to navigate. So really, like you were telling me about professionals coming in, you know, yeah. having the resources. Can you just repeat some of that? Yeah. I just want to say what's up to Liz. I see her in here. She's a college professor and does a lot for our dad. Yes. Yes. Hi, Liz. Yeah. But yes, like in our educational systems, all the way from elementary, all the way to college, background checks are like required. So that should be same thing for studios, whether it's adults or, or, or youth, you serve background checks should just be bare minimum. Um, I think what you said is like important, like all of us as human beings can do this. If, if 
Fiverr um, has the courage or feels like they're ready to speak their truth, we can hold space for them and make sure that we're listening, that we affirm that we're that their voice matters and that they're here and that we love them and support them. Um, beyond that, you know, we're not professionals. And that's why I think in addition to the loving support that we can do as a human being and as a, as a loved one, as a friend, as a relative, mm -hmm. director, um, you need to recruit um, professional help to kind of help navigate those conversations. And so sometimes, you know, when someone speaks their truth, you're not going to know the right things to say. But you know what, like being there for someone is sometimes actively listening is even more important than having anything to say. So just hold the space, you know, let them know you love them, you support them and you hear them. And then, you know, if you don't know where to turn next, you know, try to get some resources so that they can get the additional support that they need. But even myself, I'm a therapist, obviously you're a therapist too, Anna, um, have a certain amount of expertise and we have a lot of so for these situations, I'm going to be able to hold space for as someone who cares about them, loves them as a human being, but also have to lean on someone that's a trauma specialist that's, you know what I mean, that's, that can help more profoundly on their healing journey uh, than I can, right? And I mean that what I offered is invaluable, that that's one value and these other things offer something else that could help them on their healing journey. Yes, Fee is in here from Jabberwocky. Says, "Keep leading, y'all. Y'all, y'all's voices have major weight." Thanks, Fee. Thank you, brother. Juana, mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and um, that's huge because a lot of these kids know the perpetrators. They're co choreographers on their team, so it's hard when they're asked to choose sides or, um, you know, do punishment and um, they can be conflicted or have feelings of conflict and don't know what to do. Or maybe in their efforts to listen, they say the wrong thing, right? Oh, April Joy says, I think that's also important to educate people on since people don't know how to properly respond. Yeah, a lot of victims are afraid of being doubted or judged and therefore keep their experience secret. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, right now I wish there was something that we could provide um, as a space online because this is the only place where we can talk to each other. This is where community now exists, right? In this weird online situation world. But, um, but yeah, I just wish that you're right. We, we can provide safe spaces and, um, and yeah, and that directors that don't know how to handle these situations, they can now just go, okay, I understand I'll be here to listen. And if they don't know, it's okay for them to refer out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, yes. um, we also have to honor everyone's healing journeys different. And so sometimes we may, there may be a situation where someone confided in you, but they're not ready to report it, or they're not ready to tell anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, we have to also honor that that's their healing journey and just hold that space for them. Um, but we shouldn't pressure them to speed up their healing journey or to change it or to, you know, um, we can just encourage them with resources and hold that space for them um, and honor the fact that their healing journey is their healing journey, right? Yeah. That's tough. That's really, really tough because um, I've, I've heard a lot of accounts recently as well of someone, you know, they can, the, the confidant, right? So someone knows that their friend had an incident and that friend is ready to come forward and you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? So that's why sometimes you need to seek 
help from other people. You need to just hold that space, provide as many resources. And if you feel really conflicted, then maybe talk to a professional on how to navigate that situation. Because yeah. um, that's difficult, even for the people supporting the survivors. That's also very difficult as well. Yeah. Mark Rakadan says a lot of victims don't know who to go to as well. Yes, if it's leaders or directors that are being accused, then they need to know who they can go to as educators who are mandated reporters. Yeah, we are. How do we address that in our dance community? Uh, somebody else says, I love that, Arnell. If they aren't able to heal properly, then we won't be able to transform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we have to be prepared with all resources, like as organizations, that's something that all leaders, and that's what I'm really here to do is to speak to leaders and also dancers to develop with their leaders for their organizations is we need to be report, re prepared with what uh, various reporting agencies, various kinds of support, because sometimes it's therapy, sometimes it's a counselor, sometimes it's spiritual, you know what I mean? We should be prepared with various modes because there are different kinds of support people will be looking for. Uh, we need to be proactive with having that because as we're not all gonna be savvy with that knowledge, so we need to lean on professionals that um, will be able to support our dancers in a way that's really helpful. So but as human beings, like I said, we can hold space as human beings. That's something that everybody can do. We can hold space. We can do our best to just listen. Um, we can, especially actively listening, right? Not just listening and then not being active. It's super important to be present. And also if you're ever, I think something that's important to is if, if a survivor confides in you and you in that moment, it doesn't seem like it's a safe space or a space that holds their confidentiality, at least just try to affirm them and set a space and time when it's gonna happen um, as soon as possible. Um, but you never want to minimize someone's time. You, you want to make sure that if someone um, is telling you, you have that space and that time to fully like hear them, you know, um, and sometimes it's hard to do in various situations. So if, even if it's not in that exact moment, you know, setting time later for when that can happen and then those resources that are beyond your expertise, you know, so that because again, all these situations are different. Some of them are in confidence. They're, they're separated from their perpetrator. Some of them are living with their perpetrator. Some of them are dating their perpetrator. Some, some of them are in their very close circles. So securing their safety is super important as well. Yeah. And so, Mark, um, if you watch, you probably missed the beginning of this, how we can address this as a dance community. Arnell talked about procedures and policies of safety of background checks that need to be in place, of education, of directors having conversations, doing check-ins regarding power dynamics, how they're being received by their dancers. And then also um, we're now addressing just really how are you gonna show up for a survivor if they wanna tell their story and you don't know, you don't have any, you're not a therapist, you're not a counselor, you know, how, how do you receive this information? Um, Arnell again just said that we can listen and we can be there, right? And as much as possible, it's, it really does reflect on um, their healing because their initial disclosure, like that's huge for them to come and open up to you or to whoever that person may be. So just that you making the effort to be there, helping them to feel safe, even if you don't know what to say, that's huge. So yeah, so those are things that we as a community um, can, can work on um, in our present. Um, 
and I did ask him about outside sources, but we're really not sure of um, like if there's going to be an entity or someone that's going to make an HR. That's that's like a continuing conversation as as well as this. I'm sure people are going to continue to get educated as these stories and we these may not be the end of it. Right. At one point I was lying to myself. I was thinking, OK, this is it. You know, no more. The, this is the end of it. But it's like, oh, my gosh, there's more. You know, and so now I'm just kind of sitting with that, that, okay, you know, maybe, maybe more people will come out. So kind of um, or, just being ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or forever and ever, you know, I, I think, you know, um, I, I want to speak to one thing. And then I actually saw something from Adrian that he um, put up there. But before I forget, <laughs> I also want to just speak on toxic masculinity and how harmful that is as well. Um, because survivors are not just our sisters, they're also our brothers, right? And um, the things that I would love for the community to grow in as well as like examining what practices um, perpetuate toxic masculinity where you're shamed for sharing your feelings, you know? Uh, that's very harmful and that's, ha that's hard for survivors, you know, um, I try as male uh, to come out and speak their truth because sometimes those archaic um, practices of toxic linity really make it harder, you know? Look at mentally evolving. Yeah. And that, um, it's interesting because even though Kinja's is like an all-male organization, <laughs> we're all up in our feelings, you know what I mean? Like, um, but I have been in other organizations where toxic masculinity is so myself and my own experiences because we, we are reality we know there's power and authenticity and, and importance and vulnerability you know that at the big level leading us on pathways to healing and liberation that we all deserve and we all need so I'm a feminist, you know, I think we all need to be treated as human beings and equal, we need to push towards equality where um, it is powerful, embrace and encourage to share your truth, to be exactly, show up exactly as you are and, and say what's on your heart as have that understanding at a human level. You can, you can build for us dancers, but you need to start at that human level first. That's the pathway, I think, towards healing and, and the fuel empowerment. I wanted to for sure be sure to speak on that before we run out of time. Um, and I think Adrienne was asking if there was going to be centralized information for the entire dance community. Um, I, I see what you're saying, but unfortunately, in, in my experience, I feel especially when we think about trauma support, um, and this is like speaking to a point where we're not just virtual, where we're actually you know, seeing people in person and having therapy services in person. Um, I think it's more valuable for communities to develop central resources for their community so that they can serve locally the needs of their dancers. So I do think there's value in centralizing resources and, and um and support services, but I think it should be uh, community to community. Like I think LA should have one, Orange County, you know what I mean? San Diego um, and in other states, the same. And especially like every organization should have it for their organization, no matter what. Yeah, I have a, a good question. Slugkilla10 says, 
what strategies do we do or what, what can we do to make sure survivors um, pushes for getting the truth and um, they don't get shut down or they don't get the runaround because he says he's been around and unfortunately he's contributed to situations where survivors um, didn't get the help that they needed. Um, yeah, and he feels bad, he feels bad that that happened. Yeah. No, common story because again, that's why we have to commit to education because we don't know all the right ways to say things, the appropriate way to, um, you know, to knowledge and support a survivor that that's why the implementation of education on how we can we can really hold space effectively for our our, our loved ones and our, our fellow dancers is super important because we if you hadn't uh, attended a training you're likely not going to know you know how to avoid minimizing someone's experience right you know i've had people tell like maybe you're overreacting right that's like the last thing you ever want to tell someone or if you ask the wrong question like oh well what did you say or what did you do kind of makes them feel like you don't believe them yeah when did it happen like uh holding space for someone is for allowing them to speak their truth in in the way that they feel ready you know and we don't, not, not everyone has that base knowledge. I didn't have it 10 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's something that I had to learn by, through training and through uh, talking to other people and education. And that's why I'm saying, you know, especially our dancers, we're, a lot of the dancers are young and a lot of the leaders are young. So we can't um, just expect they have the knowledge right away. But what we can expect is that they commit to the learning uh, that, that knowledge. So yeah, fam, don't feel, you know, don't, don't, don't look back and bash yourself over what happened. Let's just concentrate. If you feel bad, let's put that energy forward and making sure that growth happens for yourself and for others so that um, it doesn't happen again. Because clearly you're not the only one. A lot, most dance organizations were not prepared. You know? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. He has a follow-up. I'm sorry. They have a follow-up. Um, pronouns are they, them for slug killer. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, he's, they, them, sorry, I'm still learning how to do my pronouns, says my question is more about how to make sure action beyond the initial listening happens no matter what. Oh, and yes, so it's always up to the victim or survivor, excuse me, I'm still with my knowledge of my language. Um, the survivor, they choose what they want to do. If they want to press charges, if they want to go and make a report, or if they only simply want counseling, or if they only want you to listen. So always check in with the survivor and ask them, how can I help you? How I want to, I'm here, I'm listening, I hear you. How can I help you? That's James. Yeah, they are really amazing. James is an amazing person in the Bay Area. He just finished my leadership tools. Yeah, I love you. Thank you for being here and asking such great questions. Um, yeah, he's an advocate for so much justice and liberation work. So. Oh, Daniel's asking advice for leaders looking to counsel another dancer or refer them out. Um, I think the main, I think the main thing is to concentrate with your fellow leaders on building those resources so you know where to refer them out. And it's really at a local level. Um, I mean, the, the, the organizations we mentioned earlier, like RAIN and uh, I had, 
Um, those are like national initiatives. Um, so those are good ones to start with, but then you want to look and build your directory for local. Uh, the thing that I love in the community right now is the community is sharing resources with each other. <laughs> you know, like, like for me, I've shared whatever I have, I've shared with whoever I'm connected with. You know? so I love that, that um, groups are um, collaborating together. I think that's the key is for local groups, like to, to um, collaborate with each other on the resources, the resources they're finding. Um, it, you know, there's no, um, there's nothing to be accomplished by being selfish with your resources. So just continue it all as a community element, you know. A local is the most important because that's their pathways to getting what they want, like immediately. Yeah, and it, um, directors may not be equipped to deal with mental illness, right? Depending on how young they are, their background, their education, um, directors are all different. They're, they're not all the same. So just because they have that attached to their name, I would recommend dancers that you, you don't look to just your director alone for that mental health support. You know, you may be able to tell them you're struggling and what you're dealing with, but they're not a counselor, they're not a therapist. So definitely don't look to them for the, your main um, source of mental support, yeah. Yeah. That's so important, right? It's like um, the leaders that we are there for specific skill sets and in those skill sets are, are not always included, <laughs> you know, being able to counsel someone, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, really like at a human level, you can depend on any director um, for just, you know, general, like, humanity support, you know, like, loving support. But beyond that, um, it's highly unlikely they're going to be a professional in that field as well, you know. So, ready. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Eileen says, thank you for doing this. Daniel also says, thank you. Dre's in here. He says, hashtag facts. Thank you guys for being here. Um, so, I have one more question for Arnell. If you guys have questions for him, just drop them down there. We have a few minutes left. Um, so for you, just you as who you are, right? I know this has been hard to deal with and maybe you feel a pressure also, um, maybe a weight for people looking to you because you, you're, you know, you're a leader to a lot of places. Um, have you been taking care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's why like, um... I have to actually practice what I preach with self-care practices of making sure I have account, I have accountability partners, you know, not just like our partner, like not just my boyfriend, Dustin, or my best friends or you, Anna, like um, people in my, in my, my dance world and outside my dance world. Um, because yeah, I mean, we're, we're hearing these stories. We're being heartbroken ourselves um, where we have immediate reactions uh, to certain situations that were, that, uh, to our heart you know um so we need to refuel and and take care of ourselves as well and that's why i feel that's why in my leadership course self-care is what we end with because as leaders serving so many people that's often the aspect that's ignored and so for me as arnell um you know i've, I've brought plants into my house i need like healing energy we can put full plant zaddy status <laughs> <laughs> But also just spending, you know, um, whether it's like a, you know, picnic in the park. You know, I just had a lot with people, some good souls out there that are just good for your 
people and to replenish so that you can serve others and continue to do that. Important. And ice cream is my go-to in terms of when I'm just freaking sad because I've been, you know, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQIA, um, Me Too movement. Just like I get so mad sometimes, um, get so frustrated with the current administration uh, that I also know what uh, me as Arnell needs. Uh, and over time, I've gotten better at feeding that. Um, I didn't used to be, which is why I have to now, uh, so that I can still do things like this with you, Anna, where I can serve others. Um, I've really learned to practice. Yeah. yeah, and it's important because we still continue to be serving the community, you know, whether we're actively in it or not, or there's a pandemic or there's things going on, right? So I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. You know, we need you. <laughs> um, Moana says, do you guys have any advice for how to maneuver these conversations with teens you direct? Hmm. Do you advise this as a conversation at the beginning of the season? Good question. Mm -hmm. You definitely like, that's why you have to have policies specific to your demographic of service. So if you work with teens, those policies and procedures need to be already like conveyed Season and then revisited later mid-season even three months down the line four months down the line I always recommend more than once not just at the beginning of the season but another time in your season as well to to basically convey the importance of these these of these and these I think a professional at least once a year that can address so valuable it's just I can't tell you enough um, how important that is. You know, Allison uh, in Future Shock um, created that for our Future Shock kids and it was pretty transformative, like just holding space for them. They take and their perception of themselves in the world uh, that we can support there. So, yeah. Yeah, Moana, definitely they need to know what's safe and what's not safe. And who, who do they tell? Like, who can they go to if they have an issue? And if you need a help writing that down, you can connect with Allison from Culture Shock LA. So yeah, that's, that's a resource that's out there for us, yeah. Uh, Moana too, just keep in mind too, that when you're dealing with minors, conversations you have with them also have to, you have to consider that their parents have to know. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, so it's counting down. I see the two minute mark. <laughs> Again, um, thank you for joining me and thank you just this, this is such an important conversation and uh, ongoing and I wish that we could all um, be together. But until then, these, these things will have to continue online. Um, I'll post this so that people can rewatch or if they have any questions, they can reach out to you and message you direct. Same here. We're both here. Uh, any other last thoughts, Arnell? Uh, I just want to encourage you to, you know, take care of yourself, you know, take care of each other. Um, in the moment, we're like really dealing with a lot of layers of trauma. Um, it becomes really important at a humane level um, to really take care of yourself and take care of others. Um, just moment chooses down to humanity and start to cultivate um okay all right love you arnell 
Thank you for joining us, everyone. Be safe. Take care, everybody. Bye.